listening to the Donscast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. And yes, mate, I said that with a straight face. And my name is Jamie. <laughs> and I'm Nick. Sorry, mate, but uh, yeah, I've got to say I'm very uh, upset after that performance by the Bombers. And yes, uh, it was hard to say that first line, our introduction line, with a straight face, as I said, because that was just such a poor showing. Yeah, well, was it also hard to, to say performance in there? Because I, I don't think you could even call it that tonight. It was a very poor showing, as you say. And really, the, the scoreboard flattered us in the end. Like, we really should have gone by, gone down by, you know, at least 10 goals, I think, the way we played. Uh, I think, you know, St Kilda just didn't take their, um, like, a lot of their chances. And also, in that second half, they definitely put the, uh, like, took their foot off the accelerator. Uh, which allowed us to score a few cheap goals. Uh, but, yeah, it was just a very disappointing game. And, um, look, that's that's us for the season now, mate. There's uh, definitely no hope of us making the finals now. Yeah, well, what's not to like about our percentage? I think it's down to 86% now. Um, we might even be lower than that. But, um, yeah... That first quarter, uh, I've never been so deflated in a first quarter for a long time. You know, I just can't believe it the way we turned up. And yes, we're coming off a very short um, four-day turnaround, but, you know, it's not like other clubs haven't done that. And yes, some clubs have been put to the sword uh, having those four-day breaks, but, um, you know, I just can't believe that was our intensity at the start of the game. Yeah, like, and not only that, we were just so fumbly. Um, you know, we stuffed around the footy, and even Zach Merritt, who's probably one of our best kicks in the side, he, uh, you know, we had a chance to go inside 50, and he just fluffed the kick, almost, you know, just laced out a Saints defender. Uh, and then, you know, not long after, McKenna sort of wasted an opportunity after the Saints had the run all quarter, and he tried that little sort of Gaelic volley to himself, and just fluffed it, and you know, the ball was taken away by the Saints with ease. Uh, so we just weren't on uh, from the start there. We've spoken about it before. Like Connor McKenna, he does do the unpredictable, and we know that, and we accept that. But when you, you know, we'd been fighting for an opportunity at goal, and it was one of the few plays where you know, he could have had a traditional run-in goal you know, 40 metres out directly in front. But he's added this little volley kick to himself. Um, I don't know whether they're trying to reach the highlight tapes or what it is, but sometimes you just got to do the predictable thing. And there he just added pressure to himself he didn't need to. Yeah, he did. It was just, uh, you know, a bit of a... I suppose brain fart moment from him, um, but look, I mean, for mine, if that's his, um, what he's going to bring to us as a forward, I think we can bin that experiment right now. Uh, you know, he's definitely not, not you know, being dangerous for us up forward. He's he's probably had a combined total of about you know fifteen touches in the last three weeks as a forward. There, we really need him off the half back, so. Yeah, really, uh, really disappointing there. And uh, 
look, you know, again, like as I said, like we should have had more goals kicked in us. Like King looked really dangerous early. He kicked the first after getting rid of Zerk Thatcher, then almost took a mark in the goal square, which was sort of punched away by Hurley. Uh, but then he outbodied Hurley later on to mark one just inside the goal square, um, or just outside rather, to kick his second. But then he got that other one, uh, like just inside the goal square. But he, he had a bit of a brain fade where he went to waltz into goal and I suppose wasn't aware that Tommy Cutler was there and tackled him and got him holding the ball. Uh, and we finally got a goal through Tippo. He sort of received the handball from Stewart on the wing and had a bounce and ran inside 50 to, to kick it. Uh, so it was great that he took the responsibility on. But, geez, that's about the only highlight we got from that first quarter, mate. It was really woeful watching. Yeah, there was nothing to take away from that quarter apart from uh, Tipper celebrating a nice goal uh, on his 100th game. And it's disappointing that's the intensity we came at, uh, considering it was his 100th game. It had been talked about a fair bit. You'd think the players would try and be up for him, but it just wasn't to be. And uh, we saw how second-rate St Kilda looked uh, against Geelong only a few, uh, like a a week earlier, um, and yes, Geelong are a very good side, but yeah, it just shows how far away we are from these teams. And look, yeah, without giving them an out, we understand we have at least 10 of our best 22 out of the side, and possibly more, to be honest. But um, it doesn't explain that the players that are playing for us each week they are not playing with their heart and soul. And, you know, I challenge anyone to say that they are. They seem to accept things way too easily. There doesn't seem to be a lot of hurt. And, uh, you know, uh, you know I, I definitely go on blitz and, you know, it kind of gives me a little bit of relief to know that there's other people hurting just the way I am as well. And, um, yeah, us supporters, yes, we're invested you know, for life to the club. But, yeah, I just wish the players heard as well because sometimes I, I almost think they just accept it and move on and, you know, it leaves us supporters feeling very flat. And, um, you know, I don't know if you saw the early game, but Lockie Hunter, there'd been talk about the Lockie Hunter possibly being moved out of the dogs and he kicked the goal today and he grabbed his footy jumper and, you know, as if to say, this is my club, this is where I want to play. and um, I'd love to see our players remember that you know, it's a ch- it should be a privilege to play for us and um, and know that you know, we hurt, the, the fans hurt, and we appreciate if the players are actually playing, which I'm sure they are, you know, this is a business, but um, they need to also represent who they're playing for and, you know, uh, I'm just a bit upset at the moment. Sorry, mate. Yeah, well, it's it's fair, mate, because, you know, <laughs> and it's, I was, I was going to say, you know, back when, you know, we used to go to the, the footy every week growing up and, and stuff like that, <laughs> where we were a, a successful side and we were a, a club to be feared in the league, that was 20 years ago, though, mate. <laughs> you know, it's, it's been a long time since we've been relevant in the competition, to be quite honest with you. Um, and it's performances like that that 
just makes you feel sort of disillusioned as a supporter. And, um, you know, I know you say, like, yeah, looking at Blitz, it's sort of cathartic in a way because, like, everyone else is hurting uh, just as much as you. Um, but also, I mean, even, like I said, I had a quick squeeze of my Twitter feed uh, before, and, uh, you know, Julian De Stoop, um is is saying it's it's not on. Um, yeah, he had, you know, Scoon McNeese from the lunchtime catch-up. Uh, he, was, he was pretty disappointed. Um, and, you know... These guys, they're usually pretty positive, but there comes a point where you've just had enough of, of the mediocrity and um, the the lack of effort that we sort of see in these games. Well, actually, I shouldn't say lack of effort, but I suppose the lack of application to a contest um, and, yeah, that that lack of passion um, that you sort of talked about, it it definitely hurts as a, as a Bomber fan to, to see us be so poor in this competition, and, you know, while we banked those early wins, you know, we were, like, we were five and zip, um, if you remember, Jame, and um, look at us now, we you know, haven't won one since, so, um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to be worried about at the Essendon Football Club of, uh, yeah, sort of, you know, not only... The like it's been great that you know Xavier's been able to rebuild the the football club in terms of financially and get our sort of corporate side um, you know looking good. But geez, like we're not we shouldn't be solely a corporate entity. Like we're the Essendon Football Club, and our on-field performance have been pretty rubbish for a bloody long time. And I'm very worried um, with this sort of play um you know that is, is this going to be our our sort of future because um you know if, if this is the the rubbish we're going to cough up for year on year under rutten now um you know <laughs> uh, i don't know what we're going to do i honestly feel at this point that we do need an independent review of the footy club and this is not from a financial point of view because uh, even you know, in the last couple of days we've heard about McDonald's jumping on board and you know, that's a non-issue to me in terms of some people have jumped up and down and said it's not a good look. Um, look, they sp- sponsor the AFL themselves, so um, it's a bit hypocritical for, for some people to say, oh, we shouldn't have a, a big American chain, um, you know, fast food chain being sponsor of us, but we've been happy to have Coca-Cola all these years as a, um, as a partner, and, you know, I haven't heard anyone bring up that. So, yeah, I don't think, you know, in, in finance game that we should bring up morals that much, but um, I'd be calling for a, a football review of our actual club and where we're headed and, you know, actually take that independent advice on, you know, we've... Uh, talked about Adrian Dodoro. He's been at the club now 20-plus years um, in terms of head recruiting manager. Now, um, we love Adrian in terms of the way that he conducts himself and he represents the club, and um, he seems like a really likeable guy. And uh, he's got some good deals done through his throughout his time. But, you know, when you get to a stage where we're, you know, 20 years into the new 
um, you know, from our last premiership. And we don't have the young players coming through. And, you know, this hurts me to say, but, you know, Carlton have a brighter future in terms of their young players than us. And that's an indictment in my view. Yes, they've had more picks than us, but we should have been in a much stronger position with the players that we've had, um, you know, representing our club compared to theirs. And it's just not telling and not, you know, I think we need a review of the club's decisions. Um, you know, again, you know, it might prove to be genius that Rutten has signed on for three years as our head coach after this year. But the fact that we didn't even explore, you know, what was out there, potentially out there at the end of the year, you know, um, to me, it's left us, you know, locked in. You know, we're not going to tear up a three-year contract on a new coach that hasn't even had an opportunity to coach his own side yet. But um, to my view, you know, we need to be careful because who's to say an Alistair Clarkson, um, you know, maybe him and the Hawks could say, you know, we're not, we're both, uh, it's a good time to go. And we could have been in a position to, you know, potentially uh, steal a Clarkson or, you know, hunt what's out there, you know, but uh, like, I admit that Rutten and Carousella, on when you read that out, it sounds like a good pairing. And, you know, we haven't seen them coach really. Uh, I think it'll, we'll see more of it when uh, Warsfall goes. But, again, I think that was a poor decision to just have a gap year. And I know the club said, oh, it's not a gap year to have Warsfall there as a mentor. But to me, it did. How do you feel about that, mate? Well, yeah, look. Um, like on my Twitter feed, so one of the uh, people I sort of follow is Natalie Ioannidis, who's obviously a keen uh, Bomber supporter. Um, she sort of said, uh, you know, it's time to ask the, ask the tough questions. You know, who's coaching the team? Because if it's worse fold, why is he coaching the team? Like, given it's his last year and he's uh, due out at the end of the year. And if it's rotten, is he the right man for the job? Because you couldn't say that our our system of play or anything's improved this year. If anything, it's sort of gone backward. And you can't tell me that it's just because of we're missing 10 of our best 22 that their game style is not working. Like all players at the club should be on board with what the game style is. And if anyone's not on board with that game style, that is your failing as a coach. And I, um, I don't cop the excuse that our oh, injuries hasn't allowed us to play our best fitty. Absolutely. Um, you know, we don't have the the best uh, cattle out on the park, but that should say nothing about the actual uh, game style. Um, and I, I, I definitely agree that, um, you know, there's there's serious uh, questions around uh, our, um, our football department. Like, what are, what are we trying to achieve? Um, you know, are we, you know, actually trying to work towards a premiership um, or, you know, are we just trying a few new things, seeing how we go and hoping for the best? Um, but I'm, I'm sort of, yeah, pretty over this, um, you know, sort of mediocre um, performance history and uh, sort of a lack of, lack of accountability and a lack of a proper game plan uh, that we keep sort of coughing up.
each and every single week. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the club really needs to ask some tough questions of itself, if it's brave enough to. Yeah, well, that's the thing, mate. Like you've, you've got to make uh, tough calls, and, and you have to be brave to, you know, actually look at your failings and go, okay, yep, this isn't going right. Let's let's reassess. But I think it even like even that goes back to, like our game plan. Like one thing that we've always said with John Wersfold is that he he never seemed to have a plan B, and I think it's uh, systematic for the Essendon Football Club at the moment because. Even with the coaching department, it's not working. So what's our plan B? Uh, because, you know, if I look at this game, we kept kicking the whole game to contest. We were, we were outnumbered. And, you know, St Kilda kept taking mark after mark after mark. And what do we do? Do we think, okay, that's not working. Let's try something else. No, we just kept bloody doing it. And, you know, the St Kilda defenders were just lapping it up all game. You know, Josh Battle looked like an absolute superstar for him. And, uh, you know, our, our blokes just couldn't get in front of the footy. Uh, and even our, uh, I suppose, more experienced players, you know, it was an off night for them, like Hurley. Um, like, he he was uh, sort of outshone pretty clearly. Uh, and our younger defenders got really shown up. You know, Zerk Thatcher got an absolute bath against King. Um and, yeah, in that second quarter, like, St Kilda just rained goals on us. And we were sort of 40, 41 points down with just over five minutes to go in that, in the half. And, really, I think that's where they sort of took the foot off the, the pedal there. Um, you know, we got a goal through Begley uh, just before the half to draw it back a little bit. Uh, but, you know, really, if they put the, the foot in our throats, uh, yeah, it could have been a massive blowout. A hundred percent, and I hundred percent agree with you too, mate. The the scoreline absolutely flatters us. Uh, the amount of times that you know we kicked to almost like we were hitting up a St Kilda backman in our forward line was, you know, we always looked rushed. You know, and that's why we had so many handballs. It was hot potato, hot potato. You know, that's generally what it looked like. It was just we never bought ourselves at any time. Uh, a player I want to bring up and, uh, you know, Marty Gleeson. Now, he's played a fair amount of senior footy. These one-metre handballs, how are they any beneficial to anyone? Like, you know, your immediate tackler or the, the person that's going to tackle you is only going to be a metre away from the person you're actually handballing to. So, to me, it seemed he was scared to use his boot. At any stage, it was always a quick handball. And I just don't understand how the footy club doesn't understand that looks so predictable. And if it looks predictable to us as fans, what do you reckon the coaching staff of the opposition clubs do, you know, when it's their job on the line? Like, they know our style. And the amount of times we'd take a mark and it was just kicked down the line, it's been the same story all year. It's just so dumb. And, you know, if we had a contested marker who was... You know, taking big grabs every week and you could kind of rely on him at least to bring the ball to ground, that's fine. But McKernan hasn't looked like it this year at any stage. Uh, Stewart's been coming back, but he's not really been that kind of player anyway. Um, Even Draper got his hands to a few of the marks, just couldn't hold them this week. And that's not a knock on him because, you know, he's just only playing his third or fourth game, but... 
Um, yeah, I just don't understand how this coaching group thinks that's a great strategy to go forward and try and generate scores from. Uh, playing down the flanks and then kicking down the line, it's just so repetitive and predictable. Yeah, mate. And it's not only that. Like, it's like we're bad using the footy, but we're also bad when we don't have the footy as well. Like, our defensive pressure is pretty terrible. Um, you know, like, we only laid the 37 tackles this week for a whole game, which is, um, you know, very substandard. Um, but also, it continues to be the case that, you know, we always are sort of 5, 10 metres off our man. Now, I know... You know, clubs don't play your man-to-man footy these days. But still, you can't give them that sort of room because each and every single time uh, St Kilda tried to bring their bring the ball forward, they just had, you know, open blokes everywhere. Um, uncontested marks all over the ground. And they just seem to be able to pick out a bloke, oh, you know, who wants to have a shot at goal this time and just raffle up, um, you know, whose turn it is now. And, like, the, the lack of defensive pressure is just rubbish. Um, I saw a, a tweet from Robert Shaw, you know, after, after the Gold Coast game. You know, there's there's things that require zero talent. One of those things is, like, just staying with your man. Um, you know, putting a, putting a fist in to try to affect the contest. Little things like that that, um, you know, even that, that can build that perceived pressure. So when they're kicking... They feel like they're under pressure, um, that you're closer than you, than you are, so they might rush the kick a bit. Um, but no, we just let them open, so they're all to, able to steady up, uh, you know, make their kicks with with ease, and yeah, we we were just made to to look like you know the I don't know VFL B side, um, like against uh, a, a quite a, a well drilled team, and uh, you sort of mentioned before about you know, how we didn't search around for other coaches that might have been available. Because, um, I mean, Ratton seems to be, um, you know, really galvanising this St Kilda list at the moment. Now, he probably wouldn't have been available for us, but you think of the impact he's been able to have, like, in a season or two at the um, St Kilda Football Club. Um, and, you know, the sort of, uh, mediocrity we continue to be served at Essendon. Yeah, I think more concerning is it's widely known John Walswold's never been a a great uh, strategy coach. He's more of a you know very calm influence on a club that can galvanise people. But you know Rutten, you know the story goes, and it's only the story I've heard, so maybe wrong, but. I was told that the club was forced to offer the contract to Rutten because he was seriously considered for the Adelaide coaching job at the end of last year uh, before uh, Nix was appointed. And the club was basically put into a position where they had to make a decision because Ben Rutten said, I want to be a senior coach. Now, the decision was made to keep Rutten at the club and this really upset uh, Hayden Skipworth, because I believe he felt he was in the in the line as well to be the senior coach of the Essendon Football Club, and uh, we saw pretty quickly afterwards uh, Hayden departed the club and went to Collingwood. 
pretty much short notice. And this brought up Dan Jordan to become our forward line coach. And it was right on the eve of the season, basically. It was, you know, you know, of the players coming back. So to me, that was an interruption that the club, uh, you know, made the decision early because they wanted to stop uh, Adelaide's pursuit of Ben Rutten. But, uh, you know, it had impacts, firstly, on Hayden Skipworth. And then, obviously, uh, now we're, we're locked in for the next three years. And Ben Rutten might prove to be a very good coach. And I'm hoping that's the case because we've made our decision now. But it just shows a bit of desperation by the club. And the club should have been strong enough to say, well, you know what, if, if you do take up the opportunity, good luck to you. We're a very good football club. There'll be people who do want to coach us and our hand won't be drawn. And that's what I mean. We don't make those bold moves anymore. And to me, this was a desperate move. Yeah, mate. And like, really, we should have learned from the experience with Worsfold because, you know, he was... As we say, it was good for us for those um, first couple of years, you know, getting some structure around the club, you know, having a, that sort of calm hand to uh, guide the younger players into the team and then bring the, um, you know, the, the 12 players who were banned um, back into the side over that period. But then, you know, we sort of pulled the trigger super early and extended his contract by another couple of years and like it was just another couple of years of mediocrity. Like we, we really should have been searching around then. Okay, yep, thank you, thanks John for your service. You know, you you steadied the ship in a time of need. And yeah, I'll I'll never forget that. Like I'll, I'll always say thanks to John Worsfold for that period. He was so good for us during that time. But apart from that, we continue to have a lack of on-field. Uh, success and not only just success like that on-field structure and like that game plan uh, because he's you know, continually saying oh we're learning we're learning we're learning well bloody hell John it's five years down the track now and we're still now we're learning something new so um, it's extremely frustrating for us fans particularly you know us fans of the Essendon Football Club you know we used to be a sort of ruthless team uh, that expected success. Uh, we didn't accept mediocrity, uh, but that's where we are now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I get it. You know, they they see talent in in run, and that's great. But I think a a three year uh, contract length for him, it's uh, it's pretty big, especially in the AFL world. Where if you're not getting success, you know, quite often we'll see coaches, um, you know, get the boot early, uh, have their last year paid out or or whatever it is. So three years is a long time. Um, and you know, if we are giving him the three years, this is what I don't understand. Why isn't he taking the reins now? Um, you know, if if John Worsfold's supposed to be there as a bit of a mentor to sort of guide him through into. Um, like AFL coaching, why isn't Ben Rutten facing the press conferences and um, talking about his game plan that he wants to bring forward because he will be the coach for the next three years. 
So why isn't he taking some accountability and responsibility uh, for the performances that are being dished up by the Essendon Football Club? That's a great question, mate. And yeah, I, I don't understand why they're not at least alternating the press conferences because why should Warswell do every press, press conference? Uh, well, you're going to wait to next year before Rutten is uh, put in front of the media. It doesn't make sense to me. If he's there for a mentor role, he can still do that and not do the press conferences um, or at least have Ben join him at the press conference. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see Ben Rutten's take some accountability because we all know, or we're told actually, that he is in charge of the gameplay with, along with uh, Blake Carousella. So if this is his game plan, I'd be asking two questions. One is what we're seeing on the TV screens. Is this our game plan? And two, if the players, if it's not our game plan and the players aren't playing to that, why are you selecting the same players? Like, I would say to them, okay, you, you're not learning at the moment. Our game plan is the way I see it. I'm going to give someone else an opportunity. And I think that's how you make a statement. You, you say to your players, okay, you you haven't been able to follow the directive that I've asked you. Uh, take a seat and I'll give someone else an opportunity. And you know what that does? It, one, it'll upset some players because they're expected to be named and um, yeah, they, they might sulk for a little bit. But the other thing it does is put pressure to perform. And I don't think the Bombers have had that for a long time. No, mate, absolutely not. Um but look, going back to the game, so that third quarter, like we started to play a bit better. Um, Sadi kicked a massive bomb from like 55 metres out for it to sail through, reminiscent of his goal against the Suns there. Um, and it was great work by Tipper to tackle in the middle of the ground and the ball spilled out to be taken up by McGrath. He got it to Cutler. He passed it to Townsend in the square to kick our fourth goal. Um, but then, you know, we sort of... Went back and we stuffed around with it, um, you know, around halfback for a while, trying to switch this way and that. And then, you know, we just kicked it down the line. And, of course, St Kilda grabbed that, gobbled it up and, um, you know, sent it back the other way very quickly. So for all our good play to get back within four goals, we coughed up the footy to the Saints and ended the quarter 34 points down uh, after a missed shot after the siren by by Stewart, and like, apart from that, mate, um, that's basically the game for me. Like, the fourth quarter was uh, was very sloppy. Uh, you know, didn't get much out of it uh, for mine. Just some really, uh, yeah, just another really poor performance by the Essendon Football Club. Yeah, well, in that third quarter, you know, we started the quarter quite well, kicked the first two goals, and uh, we won possession of the ball on the half-back line, and you know, Michael Hurley, you're a leader of the club. The amount of kicks that went backwards, you know, we could have put a bit of pressure on the Saints. You know, we kicked two goals, would reduce the lead to down to, you know, 24 points, I think it was at the time, or 23 points. But what did we do? We went into our shell and we took a mark around that half-back line. We ended up conceding about 50 or 60 metres going backwards, got ourselves into trouble, and the Saints were released by getting a goal. And, you know, before you knew it, it was status quo again. And 
that's what I mean. Like when we start to make inroads, you've got to take the chances. And I wouldn't have been upset if we'd taken a kick in the middle of the ground to try and open up the play and it, and it turned over. But we're not doing that. We're not being brave. We're, we're doing this silly, you know, kicks backwards. Sorry. Uh, yeah, kicks backwards. And, um, you know, we're losing territory. And then the Saints were moving up and they had a pretty good zone on. Uh, and we couldn't get out of it and ultimately put ourselves under pressure. And St Kilda got a release getting a goal. And, you know, as I said, we're back to normal where, you know, it was, the score was very similar to the half-time score. And we've lost a real lot of our boldness going forward. And, again, the amount of kicks that just went down the boundary uh, was just oh, so repetitive and, and horrible to watch. Yeah, it was, mate. Um, so, yeah, mate. Well, that's the, that's the 2020 season, mate. Put the queue in the rack. Um, we're done. So we'll... Uh, Obviously, you still have a few games to go yet uh, before we put out of our misery, uh, but I don't see us making finals from here. And uh, to be quite honest with you, mate, I don't think we deserve to um, to be in the eight from the uh, sort of rot we've uh, put up this year. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens at the end of this season. Um, yeah, I'm really hoping we can sign up blokes like Saad and Ridley uh, on long-term deals and um, but other than that yeah Andy McGrath absolutely bloody hell um, yeah so the contracts will be um, yeah super important um, but other than that like I think you know really we need to have a, a good hard look at our list and I know hopefully we'll get back uh, some guns you know Stringer Heppel uh, hopefully we get Smith back up to full fitness um, you know, all these blokes that uh, we are missing on the park right now. I mean, who knows what Danaher's going to do if he's going to bugger off at the end of the season, or reckon, or whether he'll stick fat with the Bombers. Um, like these players, if we did have them on the park, yeah, they might make us um, a bit more competitive. But to be honest with you, mate, I, I sort of feel like even if we got them back, they'd only be sort of you know wallpapering over the cracks um, because our game plan's very suspect. Um, and I'm not sure the depth that I thought we had on our list is actually there. I think we really need to have a good hard look at our list and say, okay, who are the players that are going to bring us forward as a football club? Um, and you know whether we persist with those players or um, you know release them uh, and start developing the kids or um, you know looking to sort of get some trades on the table. Um, yeah, because right now I'm sort of yeah quite worried about uh, where we are in terms of our development. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a mess at the moment. Uh, well, why don't we have a break, mate, and we'll come back with our Don's Cast Medal votes. And uh, again, it was a tough task to find these ones, so we'll be back after the break. Listen to Don's Cast. Uh, our, our next one is our Don's Cast medal votes. And I think it was a very tough task for us to find the five players that 
got votes. So, mate, uh, as always, do you want to start? Yeah, mate. Um, so, look, basically, to come up with these votes, I sort of look at a few players who had, you know, all right games and, you know, almost picked them out of the hat. So, for one vote, I went for Sammy Draper. Like, I know he, he did get beaten in the ruck, um, you know, all night, but he he did pretty well. He got 22 22 taps, got a couple of clearances for us. Um, yeah, took a big mark. Um, six disposals in the end, uh, 165 metres gained. This bloke continues to fight hard throughout the match, even when he is getting beaten, and I, I thought that real showed real heart, um, which is uh, sort of a, a lot more than I can say for uh, some other players that uh, were out on the ground today. So one vote to Sammy Draper. Uh, two to Parrish. He was in and under everywhere. You sort of saw him all around the, all around the ground at the contest. Like so, obviously a lot more midfield t- time today. Uh, he actually topped out disposals with with twenty nine, um, but really his his impact was sort of limited because you know there's eighteen handballs in that, and even the kicks were were a bit suspect. Uh, his his kicking, you know, coming out of the um, sort of midfield there, isn't. Uh, to the level that we need to really make it an effective uh, use. But he did get five clearances, 315 metres gained. Uh, so I thought a, a quite solid effort from, from Darcy Parrish there. Uh, the three votes I gave to Sardi. Um, look, this this bloke, he had a shutdown role on Butler early in the game, like that first half, and you didn't see Butler. Uh, but of course, you know, when we needed to get the ball going our way uh, we sort of released him from that role that's where he started picking up more of the footy but also that's where we saw Butler get a bit more dangerous for the Saints so look for him so we got the 18 disposals kicked that beautiful goal I discussed earlier uh, you know laid a tackle 268 metres gained uh, so not not an outstanding game from Sardi but uh, still a, a very solid effort from him so three votes uh, the four I gave to Dylan Shield. Um, look, he only played seventy percent of game time. Interestingly enough, um, and in that seven, like sort of seventy percent, he got twenty nine touches, uh, fourteen of those kicks, uh, fifteen handballs, uh, took four marks, laid the five tackles, which is really great, and uh, got five clearances for us with two hundred and thirty seven meters gained. So, uh, while not uh, you know super impactful in terms of his the damage he was doing to St Kilda, um, I thought a, another super, um, super effort from from Shield. Um, and for the five votes, I went Zach Merritt. Uh, look, twenty four disposals, seventeen of those kicks. Interestingly enough, um, he really was the one that tried to sort of will us back into the contest when we needed to with with some effective kicks. Uh, yeah, it took five marks. Um, had three clearances, but 467 metres gained, which I thought was a, a big effort from him in a, in a game where we were stifled uh, most of the match. But, uh, yeah, how about yourself, James? How, how do you see it? Yeah, well, I actually went, uh, I went to five for Dylan Shield. I thought uh, he had a pretty good second half. Um, you know, I thought he seemed pretty strong over the ball today. Uh He's kicking a couple of times was, you know, typical of what we come to expect of Dylan, but he did hit the target on a number of occasions and 
he was prepared to take a bounce and have a bit of a run to try and generate some play. So, you know, I gave five to Dylan Teal. I gave four to Darcy Parrish. I thought he was really good uh, around the middle of the ground, uh, picking up the ball below his feet at ease like we know he can. Um, he might not have you know, used his uh, kicking as good as we'd like, but... You know, he had a lot of handballs in tight and so forth, but the, just the fact that he can win the ball in close and uh, down low is really important. So I okay, gave four to Darcy Parrish, three to Zach Merritt. I agree with you, he had a good game, and, and he was one of the few that did kick the ball more than handball. Uh, so, yeah, Zach Merritt, another good game for him, and he's in a pretty good vein of form, uh, especially in his last three weeks. Uh, two votes I gave to Adam Saad. You know, he did a good job on Butler early and then when once released, you know, he's able to kick that, you know, powerful goal and um yeah, he's he's not getting the freedom to do his bouncing through the middle of the ground that we'd like to see, but you know, that's only because he's such a dangerous player. But yeah, I, I still think he's one of our best this year and yeah, he he did well again today. And the one vote that I could find and it, and it was Hard and I'm probably at a stretch. I went to Andy McGrath and um, Andy didn't do as much as um, we've come to account um, in the in this year around the midfield. But he's always around the contest. He's whipping out handballs and you know I just love to see Andy generate his kicking a bit more when he can. But uh, because of these one metre hand passes and you know very short handballs. Uh, that's why our players got so many handball stats, and um, you know, Andrew was another one of those who had to use the handball probably a bit too much. But uh, it was hard to find five players, so I went with Andy McGrath for my one vote. Beauty. So if I go through the tallies, Jane. Um, so we got one to Cutler, two to McKernan. Three each to Townsend, Stewart, Laverde, Battle Chambers and Hooker. Five to Phillips. Six to Zaharakis and Draper. Seven to Hurley. Nine each to Parrish and Stringer. Eleven to Smith. Thirteen to Langford. And then it's a big jump. So 37 to Shield. 43 to Merritt. 53 to Saad. 55 to McGrath. And out on top is Ridley with 58. Yeah, so um, oh, that's well. How many games we're in now? <laughs> I'm starting to forget because of these quick turnarounds, and we're, we're lacking a game. We're what are we? Eleven and a half, isn't it? Sorry, yeah. ele- we're five and a half wins and five losses now, or is it five and a half and six losses? Uh, five and a half and four. Five and a half and yeah, it's four losses, isn't it? Uh, no, no, we've had more losses. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah, probably, <laughs> I can tell five. you, it feels like more. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah, uh, five losses. So. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that these losses are piling up, and there's no way I only had four. <laughs> um, I can tell by the way I feel after the games, but um, yeah, no, we we're really struggling um as a club as we've talked about, and uh, we're going to hope to see some players returning shortly. Um. And we'll uh, discuss our players' performance after the break when we go by the numbers.
the Don's Cast, and we do our regular feature of By the Numbers, where we review each player's performance as we've seen it on the day. And we start with Andy McGrath. Yeah, Andy, like a, you know, he was in and under in everything, but just, you know, wasn't able to, you know, be as effective as he could have. Every possession he had was under pressure. So of his 23 disposals, he had 16 handballs. Uh, laid the three tackles, got five clearances. Uh, had one goal assist, which is good. Um, but yeah, so I suppose a solid game for Mandy, but um, couldn't say, couldn't mark him any higher than that. How about you, mate? Yeah, well, look, it was a tough day at the office, and I think some people probably be sceptical he got a vote. Um, but from me, yeah, look, some people be sceptical that I, you know, I gave him a vote, but it's only because of his work rate and. Uh, he is around the ball, and you know you talked about those five clearances. Uh, he's always in and under and trying to do his best, and I rate that. And you know, in some ways, you know, and this is not a knock on Dyson Heppel, but you know, Heppel's going to miss most of this season. Uh, it'd be a really bold statement if the club made a big bold call at the start of 2021, Andy McGrath is our captain. And I wonder if the club would be brave enough to make a decision like that. Um, next player is Darcy Parrish. And I think uh, Darcy did a good day, a good job today. He works hard and got a little bit more time up in the midfield. Uh, you know, the way he picks up the ball from below his knees is fantastic to watch and could become a real asset for the Bombers in the years to come. Yeah, absolutely. He, he tried hard all game. Uh, but again, another player with every single, uh, you know, uh, disposal he, he did get, he had to earn and was under pressure the whole time. So of his 29 disposals, 18 of those were handballs. Uh, laid the three tackles, got five clearances as well, uh, and 315 metres gained, which was um, which is great for him. So he really tried to get the ball going forward for us. Uh, so a very, very good effort from Parrish today. Yeah, he was very good. Kyle Langford, we didn't see much of him, but uh, when he when we do see him, he he's a reliable kick. He had another goal today. Um, a lot of times he was under pressure, but I thought he was all right around the contest when he was given an opportunity a little bit up the ground. What did you think? Yeah, like as you say, like he wasn't involved in as much as the players we might like because he he can be a really smart user of the footy. Got the 18 disposals, which sort of surprised me in the end. I didn't think I'd seen him, seen him that much. But uh, the 18 disposals, 10 of those were kicks. Uh, three tackles, got a couple of clearances, 315 metres gained as well. Um, and that goal was uh, was absolute class. So um, I'm really hoping we can you know, start to use Langford a bit more because you know when he's got the ball in his hand, I'm a lot more confident... Uh, in his disposal efficiency than a lot of other bombers, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, I thought a yeah a decent game from from Kyle, but um, yeah, hoping he can develop into a player that really wants to take the game by the scruff of the neck. I think that's what's missing from his game. That sort of uh, competitive edge that yeah you know, makes him you know sort of strive to to get to the footy and uh, get it going our way, but. How about you, mate? What did you have to add for him? I just said he's becoming more consistent. You know, you can always uh, back him for a goal each game now. 
Um, yeah, he's obviously works on his kicking because it, it's quite yeah very good kick uh, field kick as well as goal set for shot for goal. So um, yeah, I think he's a player that has really developed, and there hasn't been many players that have developed this year, or it feels that way anyway. But uh, I think Kyle's definitely an exception, and he's moving and uh, coming up the into the ranks of the Bombers' uh, most you know, consistent players. And a couple of years ago, we wouldn't have said that. So it's good to see Cole making big steps. Uh, Zach Merritt, you gave him best on, mate, and I gave him votes as well. He was very well. He did a very good job today, didn't he? Yeah, he did, mate. Um, like, I think it's a really impressive performance from him, given that our midfield was uh, pretty soundly beaten today. Um, so, yeah, to rack up the 24 disposals... <clears throat> Three clearances, uh, 467 metres gained, which is the, like by far the highest uh, for the SM Football Club. Um, was a really good performance for him. And like just his, his run around the ground, you saw when he had the footy, he was trying to, you know, he wasn't just running straight line and, and kicking down the line and that kind of stuff. He was trying to, you know, work the ball inboard to get a better avenue towards goal. Uh, very one of the very few players who did try to to still take the game on uh, in today's game. So a really good game from from Zach. Uh, how do you see it, mate? Yeah, again, one of the few players that used the footy uh, by foot uh, when he had an opportunity. Uh, he missed a, a pretty regulation pass in the first quarter. I would have liked him to hit, but um, yeah, I, I thought he. Uh, yeah, demonstrated some leadership qualities uh, today, you know, standing up when a lot of his teammates were down. And, you know, uh, one thing about Zach Merritt, he, he does work hard. Uh, he tries very hard and he's got the skill to be punishing. So let's hope uh, this run of good form continues for Zach. The next player is Marty Gleeson. And I've got to say, Marty Gleeson, too many handballs, mate. You got to start to use your boot. Yeah, like he, he had the fifteen disposals, uh, eight of those handballs, uh, and as you say, they were just those little one meter going nowhere um, passes, which you know some of the time actually, you know, it was basically passing to a player, um, and immediately they were under pressure. Uh, so I don't know, just need to think through it a bit more for mine. Um, Still hasn't been able to to hit any sort of form that we know he's capable of. Uh, so I'm really hoping he can start to improve because uh, today was another game where he he didn't really look like it for mine. Um, you know, he, I thought his opponent had the had the better of him. But how about yourself, mate? How do you see it? Yeah, as we spoke about, I just think he's handballing way too much, and we've talked about it most of the time we've been doing this podcast. He just seems a player who's uh, lacking confidence, and uh, we've, we're stuck with him a fair bit. You know, we've been managing him and coming back and so forth. So uh, we're trying to get him back to his best form, but you know, today he was very evident that he was looking to hand pass every time he won the ball. So uh, he needs to get that mix so that we don't become predictable and he doesn't become predictable. Uh, next player is Dylan Shield. I gave him best on. Uh, I thought he, you know, at least dared to have a dash and have a couple of bounces and 
tried to impose himself. Uh, you know, some of his kicking wasn't great, but he did hit the targets a number of times where he slowed himself up and you know, he did hit the target. But how did you think he went? Yeah, obviously, um, like I thought he had a really solid game. Um, and I, I, I should I should say that I did notice when he was tackling, um, he seemed to really want to want to hurt the player, which is good. Um, but yeah, as, as I said before, like um, it's a bit hard when our our midfield gets um, yeah sort of bashed around a bit, uh, and yeah, him, Merritt and McGrath have to try and make something happen. Uh, and it's just not working for us. So, like another like really good game from from Shield, and uh, look forward to uh, him being able to play in a side where he might be able to be protected by some bigger body players. Um, because as I said, you know, last week I don't think he's suited for a sort of an inside mid bull kind of role. He's he's more your sort of outside, um, you know, running burst kind of player. So. Um, yeah, good game from him. Uh, the next player was Tom Cutler, and mate, let's just say uh, he—I wouldn't be getting his number on my back of my jersey if I'm a young kid. Um, yeah, I just don't think he had a good game, and yeah, he just has zero presence for being such a—you know—he seems like the right body shape that the Bombers need, but he doesn't have a presence out there at all. Yeah, you're exactly right, James. I think, you know, he, like, if we had a VFL side, he would really um, benefit from actually getting some uh, development on his contest work uh, because it's not existing at the moment, unfortunately. As you say, he's got a great body for AFL footy. Like, he's tall, he looks strong, uh, he's a great runner. But, you know, that means nothing if you're uh, not willing to, you know, put your body into the contested situation. So, um, look, he got the four disposals, had a shot at goal but missed. Um, took four marks, but, you know, uh, they would have been those sort of chipping around, trying to get to a contest, uh, you know, kind of stuff. Laid the one tackle. Um, so a pretty substandard performance for mine. Yeah, just his inability to, uh, you know, bring any pressure. Uh, he seems a player that doesn't play with a great deal of intensity, even in the contest. So if he's going to bank on just being a release player, but confusingly, if that's his role, you'd imagine every time he gets it, he bangs at 60 or 70 metres. But again, he doesn't. He's he's looking for a little handball here and there, and you know, he's not going to become damaging, becoming an outside player that looks to handball or you know kick. 20 to 30 metres, he needs to be that 70 metre player that gets the ball, takes a run and then, you know, bangs the footy long if he's going to be playing like that to become a real asset. And, you know, I think the club now that we think finals is out of contention, um, Braden Ham should be playing every week from here on out because I have a lot more confidence in Braden Ham uh, taking us forward than Tom Cutler. The next player we've got is uh, a player that we've uh, lauded his or sang his praises through most of the season uh, in Ridley. I thought, again, he wasn't as imposing as normal, but uh, he still, you know, 
got to contests and so forth, and it was a tough day at the office for him, no doubt, but uh, he wasn't our worst. No, I thought he, he stood up, uh, Ridley. He, but <clears throat> our, the work of our backs wasn't made easy for us, um, you know, because we were stuffing around with the footy when we had it, so when we eventually would cough it up, we were instantly on the back foot when St Kilda came the other way, which would have had our defensive structures all out of whack. So, look, he got the 18 disposals in the end, uh, 13 kicks of that, so um, five marks, 171 metres gained, so not his uh, best game for us. Uh, kicked a point, so he had that, that launch, you know, just on the 50 there. Uh, would have loved to see it sail through, uh, but wasn't to be. Uh, but look... I'd still say a solid game from Ritters, and uh, you know he, he'll continue to develop as the year goes on. Yeah, he certainly will. Uh, player playing his first game for the Bombers this year was Josh Begley, and he tried hard. I, you know, he, he did that turnover uh, that led to a Saints goal, uh, but he kicked his uh, kicked the goal himself uh, later on in the quarter, and uh, he was a player that yeah, it wasn't for a lack of effort, but whether it was his conditioning, you didn't see a lot of him, especially in the second half. No, we didn't. But then again, I was sort of confused as what sort of role he was playing because, like, we saw him in the forward line early in the match, but then later on I'd, I'd see him down in the back 50. So uh, I sort of don't know what we were trying to do with, with Begley there. Um, and obviously your first game back after quite a while out, you've, you've got to sort of you know get a feel for the, the speed of the game again. Uh, and that that kick where he turned it over, like I was really disappointed what happened. Uh, but reflecting on it now, uh, I can definitely see that he was trying to take the game on. Um, so you know, I don't you know, blame him. Like it's it's good to take those kicks. Uh, didn't didn't uh, sort of come off for us. But um, yeah, don't mind us trying to take those kicks if they're trying to get us in a in attacking position because otherwise we were just doing those uh, long bombs as we were. Uh, talking about before, so um, now nah, look, not a not a fantastic game from Begley. Didn't really have a big impact on the game, uh, but hopefully he'll he'll get better next week. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's good to see him kick a goal. Uh, I think he's a player that the players like playing with. Uh, I think he's got a bit of personality, but um, yeah, it was definitely a game where he needed to find the intensity because yeah. He, these scratch matches that they've been playing in is nowhere near an AFL match. So um, I wasn't expecting too much from him. And it'll be interesting to see if the club give him another go next week um, or they start to bring in these managed players and it was really just a filling game. Uh, we'll wait and see on that. James Stewart, he, it wasn't a great day for forwards full stop. Um, yeah, he, he was pretty good last week, but... Yeah, it was a tough game for him to get into this week. Yeah, it was. Well, particularly when our when our midfielders and and that weren't kicking it to him. Uh, so very hard as a forward if that's not happening. Uh, got the five disposals in the end. Took a couple of marks. Nearly like so I had that shot on goal, uh, but but missed unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, really didn't have any impact on the game. No, not at all. Um, yeah, had a shot at goal and. That wasn't very close to going through at all. So, um, yeah, a tough game for him. But, you know, again, I think the club will persist with him because 
Um, yeah, he's coming back into the senior side. He's only had the four games back now. And, you know, apart from last week, he's struggled to find the ball. But uh, it's so dependent on our, midfielder and, our midfielders and flankers uh, hitting me up. And they're not being able to do that at the moment. And uh, It's a tough day at the office for any forward. And James knows that full well today. Uh, the next player was uh, Michael Hurley, and I thought he really struggled uh, as a leader of the club. Uh, it was a tough day at the office for him as well, and uh, you know Ben King, sorry Max King, uh, started well on him, and uh, he just looked a, a bit off the pace. And uh, I think we've got to come to terms with uh, Mick Hurley is getting a bit older, and he's going to have these games every now and then. But uh, how did you see him? Yeah, look, you know, I think he, he tried to structure us as best he could. Had the 19 disposals in the end and 15 of those kicks. But, you know, in saying that, a lot of those, um, you know, a lot of his marks, a lot of his kicks were when we were, you know, switching it from one end to the other of the ground, trying to break through St Kilda's press. Uh, so weren't, you know, really that effective for us. Um, 245 metres gained. Um so I mean, like he, I suppose, like like all their backline this week, you know, they they tried bloody hard, but you know, when you're getting beaten all around the ground, uh, and you know, the Saints were able to just pick and choose who they wanted to to get the footy at any given moment, it doesn't make your job any easier. So um, yeah, look, I've, I suppose a an average game from Hurls, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly need him in the games ahead. Yeah, definitely. Uh, KB Much was playing his first game for 2020 for the Bombers and, you know, he tried hard again but didn't really impact on the side uh, that much. Uh, how did you see his game? Yeah, well, I guess I, I didn't really. Like, you'd see him get a cheap handball here or a, a little kick there when we were trying to break through the press or, um, you know, run the ball up the wing. Um, you know, obviously he's it's been a long time out of footy for Kobe and... Uh, you know, he's coming back from a serious injury. So, uh, you know, you'd imagine he, he'll be off the pace a bit uh, for his first games back, uh, which I think is exactly what we saw. Uh, you know, didn't didn't make any big clangers or anything like that, but equally didn't really um, you know, have that much of an impact for us on the game. So, uh, yeah, you have to say a, a very average game from Kobe. But um, how about yourself, mate? Yeah, I didn't think Kobe did anything terribly wrong. Like he got the ball and uh, gave it off, and you know he just wasn't bold, and uh, that can be expected. He's a young player; he hasn't played much senior footy. Um, so as I said, he didn't make any obvious errors to me. Just um, yeah, I would have liked him to take that set shot, even though he gave it to a good kick in Ridley. I think it would have been really good for him to line up, and he might have got a bit of confidence. Uh, kicking a goal and he didn't really give himself an opportunity to. Um, but, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I think he's worth persevering with. Uh, maybe not next week against the Tigers, but, you know, in the Hawthorne game, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him coming back into the side. The next player was Jacob Townsend, and we've said this uh, quite a few times. Um, there's sometimes at the game I actually forgot he was even playing for us. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And the fact he played, you know, seventy five percent of game time, 
only got the six disposals. Like he got that goal, uh, which is a bit of a, a sort of gimme in the goal square there. Uh, but apart from that, only laid the one tackle, got one clearance, uh, and had no real effect uh, on the game at all. So I don't think we can keep wearing uh, these sorts of low, you know, low performance uh, games from from Towner as much as a yeah, good solid trier as he as he might be. Um, like we need more from our forward line. So, uh, yeah, how'd you see it, mate? Well, I actually noticed him most in the last quarter. Uh, he moved up the ground a bit, and he actually took a really clean possession of a contested ball, where he just you know scooped it up and you know, turned around, and you know I think he even hit a, up a target. Um, it was really good play by him, and. Uh, again, this is where I'm confused with the club. You know, we talk about the plan B and we haven't really given Jacob a, ch- a chance to um, have meaning, uh, meaningful uh, midfield minutes. And, um, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd like to see him, just for his own confidence, we started to do it with Tipper a bit, you know, put him on ball a bit. Um, I think Jacob would probably benefit from that if you're going to keep playing him. Because I think, you know, he's a under-10 possession player um, generally. And uh, a majority of these games this year, he's been under five possessions. So um, I just don't understand, you know, he's played a majority of our, our games. I think he's only missed the one uh, through that concussion. But, um, yeah, I, I just don't understand. We're not trying to see if there's another angle that he can produce maybe in the midfield to get him into games and, again, might build on his confidence a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're missing Jake Stringer. We don't have that bigger body type in there. We saw in the VFL last year that he's a real competitor. He doesn't mind laying his body on the line. So it might be worth a crack, but, uh, yeah, certainly not you know, coming up the goods for us down in the forward line there. Yeah, um, yeah the next player, is it Brendan Zirk-Thatcher? Certainly is, mate. Yeah, he uh, he again struggled on the day. He, now, look, I heard you say earlier that you know, he got a bar from King, but I think a lot of that was on Hurley as well. Actually, you know, King didn't do a whole heap um, in the second half. Um, you know, I guess both sides didn't score much at all. But um, yeah, he just he just wasn't very sure, was he? He just made a few errors here and there and he was a bit unlucky on one of them uh, early days you know where the ball just he he actually went to attack the ball and it bounced over his head to King uh, I thought that was a bit unlucky for him but yeah he's uh, looked a little bit out of place to be honest uh, last couple of weeks so I think uh, nearly time to have a rest and uh, yeah it's pleasing to know that Kyle Hooker will probably come back uh, for next week's game yeah, absolutely. He he did look sort of out of his depth um, in this game, which is unfortunate because I think he's a real player, Zerk Thatcher. So um, let's hope he can rekindle his form. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, only the nine disposals for him, four marks, uh, and that's about it. Uh, didn't really have much of an impact on the game. 91 metres gained throughout, so even when he had the pill, uh, didn't really use it much for us because... It was just kicking side to side, trying to break through St Kilda's press. So, yeah, look, let's let's hope you know he's he's better for the run and um, yeah, can continue to uh, sort of develop 
into a uh, yeah, stronger player in defence for the Essen Football Club. Yeah, I think he'll be an important player for us going forward because, as we know, uh, Model Hurley and Carl Hooker are both getting towards the end of their careers and he seems to be a key position player that we'd like to uh, you know, stay with the Bombers and potentially be you know, the next generation full-back or centre-half-back, but uh, he still has a lot of craft work to learn and, um, you know, I think he would benefit from a break at the moment because you don't want to beat his confidence um, out of him. And he doesn't seem to be the kind of player that uh, plays without confidence because he seems quite bold at times. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see him, uh, you know, obviously have a break and give Kale the reins back there. But, uh, yeah, he's he's certainly a, a really good effort-based player. And he doesn't like to be beaten, which is a good asset to have. But uh, unfortunately, he has been the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, we'll see how he goes uh, with his development before the end of the season. The next player was uh, Matt Guelphie. And I actually thought Guelphie, although he was beaten a number of times, he, his contested work can not be questioned. He really goes hard for the ball. And, uh, you know, I thought he... He made uh, Hill work pretty hard for his possessions. Yeah, he did. And I thought Guelphie would have been like burnt by Hill's pace, but Guelphie, like, you know, he's got a bit of zip in him. So that was pretty impressive. And as you say, like, he's, he's a real, uh, I suppose, you know, blue collar kind of bloke. He um, just tireless effort at the footy. Uh, didn't always get the results. So ended up with only the uh, 11 disposals. But even particularly late in the match, he um, you know, still was throwing his body around, trying to affect the contest. Um, but in the end, uh, didn't have much impact on the game. Uh, three tackles laid, which is uh, which is good. Uh, one clearance, uh, 148 metres gained for us. So he's, he's tried to get the ball going our way. But um, no, look, I think the... Yeah, most of our boys were outclassed on the day, and uh, he was certainly one of those. Yeah, just his kicking, he really has to work on. Um, can be a bit haphazard. Uh, well, it seems that way anyway. Um, another player, when we talk about kicking, um, we actually saw the bad side. Um, Dylan Clark really struggled with his field kicking on the day, and he wasn't as noticeable as the game uh, previous. Uh, I thought he really struggled on the day. What about you? Yeah, absolutely, mate. And you know he played eighty percent of game time and only got the six percent, uh, six disposals, uh, and only the one tackle, which is pretty disappointing. Because if you if you haven't got the footy, uh, you should at least be laying a tackle or uh, something like that. So he wasn't even able to impact on the game that day. Um, he's still he's still being played out of position, so I suppose he's got that little bit of an out. Uh, but even so, if you want to be an AFL listed player, uh, you get your opportunity where we have an opening, uh, and you have to make your best case as to why you're an AFL level player uh, at that part of the ground, whether it's your position or not. Um, so, I um, now I don't think he performed to the level required. Um, so yeah, below average game from from Dylan Clark. How about you, mate? Again, a, a bit of a knock on the coaches here. Clark has proven that he's a real ball finder, especially at VFL level. 
Um, I'm surprised that he wasn't given meaningful minutes in the midfield as well. And I, I just don't understand. When you've got players out of form or not involved in a game, I think it's a coach's part to actually try and, you know, generate that from the side that he has. And, um, yeah, I just don't understand why we just almost waste selections that, you know, a team selection if you're not going to, if you've only got plan A. And if that doesn't work, then the player just sits out there and is hung out the dry. And uh, for me, uh, I'd love to see Rutten and Carousella play around with the matchups uh, during the games a little bit more. Especially in the midfield, because uh, we just seem to be, you know, rolling out the same combination and you know, expecting a different result. And as uh, I've said previously, that's uh, the definition of insanity. So uh, we have to really, um, you know, try and move the pieces and see if we get a different uh, combination in there. We'll have different output, and I think Dylan Clark's a player that could benefit from playing in the midfield. Yes, his kicking's a bit of a liability, and uh, that was on full effect today. Uh, there was one kick that was a real helicopter. Um, you know, had no flight in it at all and tumbled punt real, uh, realistically. That was, you know, had no chance for the Bombers to mark. But, uh, it was a bit of a chaos ball, really. But, um, yeah, he he is a player that can get in there and get get it out and... Who's to say that he doesn't win the ball and then dish it off to an Andy McGrath or a Zach Merritt or Dylan Shield? That could be beneficial. And yeah, we're not seeing him get those opportunities. And, you know, he's got the runs on the ball at VFL level. And yes, that was last year and we haven't had VFL this year. But I would like to see if Clark's going to be in the side that we use his uh, best strengths. The next player was uh, Sammy Draper. And uh, you gave him a vote, mate. Um, yeah, I thought he was you know, soundly beaten by Marshall and Ryder, but yeah, he's he's got a bit of bravado about him, hasn't he? He's, he he plays with a bit of passion, and that's what we like to see. And yeah, he, um, he's going to be a player of the future, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, like to get the the twenty two taps when he was basically playing the the sole ruckman because McKernan wasn't giving him much. Uh, he didn't win any any taps throughout the game. Um, so, like, while it wasn't a fantastic game for him, I, I just I liked the way he was throwing his body around, uh, laid a tackle, and I did like that, uh, you know, he'd sort of act the clumsy ruckman on occasion and fall on some players, um, you know, really slamming his body into them, uh, which was, uh, I suppose, good to see. He got a couple of clearances as well, the young fella, and, um, yeah, he got... Got a couple of kicks going forward for us. Uh, so 165 metres gained from his six possessions, I thought it's a, a pretty decent effort. Um, and, yeah, that, that big mark he took down back as well was, was nice to see. So, um, yeah, look, I, I reckon he's developing really well. And, um, yeah, while he was soundly beaten, it was a bloody tough ask against uh, Marshall and, and Ryder. Yeah, it definitely was. And... Uh... Yeah, it wasn't a knock on him. I just said it was a tough night for him, but um, or tough day, sorry, for him. But uh, yeah, I I did like when he accidentally fell on uh, Marshall, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I thought that was quite good, and um, yeah, he's a he's gonna be a great player to watch uh, in the years ahead. 
Will Snelling continues to get games, and you know we've we've all uh, said about how great he's um yeah you know, he's a pressure player and he gets in there and he tries to win contests and that. But um, geez, possession rate today I think he had one kick and eleven handballs or one kick and ten handballs. That's you know to me that's uh, not what he's in the side to do. Absolutely, mate. And for all of that, uh, minus ten meters gained, which I think tells a real story. Um, four clearances, interestingly enough, I still it still boggles my mind. Why is he at the bottom of packs trying to get the ball out? Um, you know, he's a classy user of the footy. We're just not using him to his best strength, and we're sort of playing him as if he's a a bit of a bull, and he's just not. So, um, yeah, not a not a great game from Snelling today. Uh, didn't have much impact on it. So. Um, yeah, that's all I've got to say about him, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, I haven't got I haven't got much to add either. As I said, he's a tireless worker. Uh, we can definitely appreciate that. It's just, you know, we've talked about it a bit. Uh, we've got similar type heights around our midfield. And, uh, you know, I just don't think he adds anything to our midfield combination when he plays up there. So he's either got to be a half-forward flanker that, uses his skill to bring our key forwards into the game with depth kicks and so forth to hit them on the target, you know, to give them an opportunity. Uh, but I don't think he should be up in the contest and basically we're a team of midgets in there at the moment, mate. And um, We might not have a lot of choice out there, but this is where I'm saying like a Dylan Clark or a Kyle Langford, you know, give him more opportunities while Jake Stringer's not there to add a point of difference, and uh, we're just not seeing that at the moment. Uh, the next player was Adam Sard, and he got back into our votes after a couple of weeks out of those. Uh, um, not that he's played badly, he just uh, hasn't stood out as much, and I thought today he, um, he did a great job on Butler early, and then when released, uh, did some great things for us, uh, although he couldn't generate the score we needed. Yeah, absolutely, and... You know, he kicked that goal, which is brilliant. Um, as I said before, you know, 18 disposals after, you know, not just touching the footy much in the first half because he was playing that lockdown role. I thought it was a great effort. Um, you know, laid a tackle and tried to get us going forward, tried to, you know, take the dangerous option and get us going forward. But, um, yeah, we were just structured really bad today, so it didn't really help me out there. So, yeah, look, another really solid game from Sardi. Uh, Tipper was playing his 100th game today, uh, and he, I think he's only missed one game since coming into the side uh, back in 2016 when we had the um, players suspended. So it's a really good effort by um, AMT to stay fit for so long, and it shows that he does a lot of preparation. But uh, yeah, he found it hard today, and his effort was there. You could see him, you know chasing like a terrier like he always does but um he kicked that classy goal in the first quarter our only one at that stage um and it was uh just a tough day for him i would have liked the club to have uh, or the players to have played a little bit more for him on such a good um a good occasion for him yeah that's a that's the thing mate you know no one really came prepared to play and like he, he at least uh, you know tried to throw his body around a bit, like he laid five tackles, which was really good, um, got a clearance, 
Um, yeah, I don't mind seeing him in the midfield. I think it's um, it's good, but we just need, uh, I suppose, a bit more out of him um, around the ground. So we've got the, the nine disposals in the end. Kick that goal. Uh, but, yeah, I suppose like a lot of us was just a bit uh, down in the day just through being starved of opportunity up forward. Yeah, I agree. Uh, tough day for him, and um, it's been a tough year for him, really. Uh, but he's not alone there. It's been a tough year for the Bombers. A player that's find it really tough, and I've got to say, you know, I was watching this game with my wife, and I just turned to her and I said, gee, this guy is checked out. He looks like he's disinterested, and yeah, he just didn't seem to give much of a yelp today. No, he didn't, and that's what's really disappointing because this should have been his year to, you know, stamp his authority and say, no, I deserve to be a um, you know top twenty-two member of the Essendon Football Club, uh, but he hasn't really given it given us much this year at all. Uh, the marking that we've known him for, he hasn't been able to do, and as for goals, well, they, they've dried up as well. So, uh, and in this game. Just the four disposals. He only played 70% of game time. And I noted that he only played uh, 66% the week before. So he's either not fit or, you know, do we not trust him to be on the ground all that time? He had, he had like, so he had one really good mark today and um, you know, laced out a beautiful kick to uh, get a goal assist for us. But apart from that, he... He really had no impact on the game, which is really disappointing because when we were screaming out for someone to take a grab when we were you know, doing those kicks down the line, he wasn't there for us. And um, look, uh, I sort of wonder what's going to happen with uh, Sean McKernan because you know, we can't keep uh, sort of carrying this bloke. Uh, I, I think he definitely needs a spell out of the side to, to freshen up and and hopefully come back the stronger. Yeah, well... I it's hard for the club at the moment because uh, I think they've backed him in thinking he can get back to some form, but it's just not happening. And, yeah, I think it's almost to the point where you've got to play Phillips above him. And uh, that might sound funny because Phillips isn't known as a key position forward, but at least he's a little bit more mobile than a Bell Chambers, which we talked about probably won't work. Um but, yeah, I, I don't know what we do with him. You know, he just seems disinterested, and uh, I'm sure that's not the case, but I can only talk about the evidence that I see on the TV screen. And, yeah, as I said, I, I thought he's looked very disinterested and not didn't play. He he sulked a lot. Like, I know the ball wasn't coming down very good, and, um, you know, we could all see that, and... He was obviously getting frustrated by that. But, um, yeah, when you haven't had a great year, I don't think you can throw too many stones. And, you know, I think he just has to worry about working hard and trying to get himself some form. Uh, because AFL careers can come to an end very quickly. And he's 29. And, uh, yeah, he needs to fight for his career, really. Uh, the next player is Connor McKenna. And... Uh, I think he set the tone early when he basically had a he could he was running through the center of the uh, 50 meter arc and you know, it looked like 
he could easily just, you know, put that boot to ball and, um, you know, caress it through. But instead he tried a little Gaelic volley to himself and it came undone. And before we knew it, it was up the other end. And to me, it was just lairising. Yeah, mate. Um, you know, yep, of course, if it looked like if it worked, it would have looked great on the highlights reel. But, um, you know, we need we need people to do do the simple, um, to, you know, it's all well and good to do the mercurial, uh, but if you're stuffing up the simple stuff and uh, not getting those goals, we've got an opportunity to kick, um, you know, you're looking pretty silly at the end of the day. So look, he, you know, he's, he's never going to be down through lack of effort, Connor. I uh, definitely tried hard all game, had the 17 disposals, 13 kicks, uh, laid the two tackles and got a clearance even uh, with 300 metres gained uh, for the Bombers. But you couldn't say he had a, a great impact on the game. Like there was a couple of kicks he, he hit beautifully. Um, but then the rest of them, it was, uh, you know, short little passes here and there or they'd be ineffectual. I, I don't know. I just, I didn't really rate his game from today. So how about you, Jane? Well, I thought in the second half he was much better. Um, I think the club had moved him down back finally. And uh, yeah, he started to win some of the ball. And yeah, I still think he's one of our best passing kicks, uh, which is a bit of indictment when you think about it. A guy from Ireland is a better kick than guys who have been in Australia all their lives. But um, yeah, he, he has got a great little kick that when he's been conventional... It's very easy to read for the bomber forwards, but um, yeah, he he seems to be very keen to play up forward, and I think the club allowed him to do that in the first half, and I think they may have pulled rank in the second half and just said, "Hang on, we need you down back." And uh, he did a much better job in that second half, I thought, and started to win a bit of the footy and hit targets, which was important. But yeah, it wasn't his greatest game and. Um, I'm sure the coaching uh, department will be speaking to him about his uh, lairising because he's tried a couple of things on the day. And when your team's down, uh, you need to get back to basics. And yeah, I think he'll be explaining that pretty uh, thoroughly throughout this week. Well, mate, that's uh, the whole team. Uh, it's tough to critique him after these losses because we, you know you don't like to, um, you know make these criticisms of players but you know as fans we can only call it as we see it and um you know we always say we never doubt their effort for the club uh it's just sometimes they you know you doubt do they hurt like we do and you know when they do things that um you know don't make much sense we do get frustrated as fans so uh, yeah, I hope the um, I hope if anyone was to listen to this, uh, I would say you know we don't like potting our players. Um, you know it's not something we're comfortable in, but you know we certainly get frustrated and uh, we will call it as we see it. And I think you know there's no no point doing a a podcast if you're not going to do that. So um, yeah, well, let's uh, have a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about our match predictions. Well, sorry, our team selection predictions for the game against the Tigers. 
You're listening to Don's Cast, and as we wrap up the show, we do our team selection prediction. And, mate, we might be a bit ambitious on this one, but we're calling seven changes. Do you want to go through? Yeah, mate. So out of the side, we see Cutler. Uh, you know, he's had a couple of down games, so I think we bring in Ham for a shot. Um, McKernan, he's been down for a long time, and I think it's time we give him a spell. He's 29 now, so not a spring chicken anymore, so I think he needs a, a bit of a chop out. So I think we might play the two Ruckman, uh, so bring Bell Chambers in uh, with Sammy Draper. He might sort of switch out uh, up forward or down back, as he's been doing. Um, you know, Zerk Thatcher, he's had a couple of um, rough old games, so I'm wondering whether he needs a spell um, and bring Hooker in. Uh it's a dream time game, James, so you have to bring in Mozzie. And to bring in a sort of a pressure forward, I think he'll take Snelling's spot. Snelling's, uh, you know, shouldered a lot of the workload this year. And uh, so I think he's he's due for a spell. So bring Mozzie in for him. Uh, Francis comes back after a bit of a break. And uh, I think, you know, it'll be so much uh, coming out there. Like he was sort of played down in defence so I think he'll uh, he'll come in there uh, Gleeson I see coming out of the side he's uh, been really uh, down on form lately so I'm hoping we can uh, yeah, give him a rest, freshen it up a bit um, hopefully get some form going again and so I see Redman coming in for him uh, and then the last change I see is uh, Smith has to come back into the side and I think uh, Clark will make way there uh, so that makes our seven. Yeah, so that's probably you know a bridge too far, but that's the seven that we discussed that could make a difference. Um, the one thing we questioned ourselves, like, would the club make that many changes? But when you consider we had five changes just gone, and the five changes, uh, you know, the performance, you know, it wasn't at a level that we should be expecting. So... I think um, yeah, those other players could be beneficial. Uh, I did ask the question about Dylan Clark. Is he worth uh, trying to put him on a, a Dustin Martin? Now, of course, he doesn't have Dustin Martin's pace, but uh, he seems to be the only big body that could even get anywhere near him in terms of strength. But, um, yeah, ultimately, we just felt his field kicking just doesn't, uh, warrant playing senior footy uh, when you're trying to generate scores at the moment. So, yeah, that's why we've made those tough calls. But uh, regardless if the club makes seven changes or not, it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle this one because uh, obviously they manage players for a reason to have them available for the next game. But also the performance wasn't great. So will they make those harsh calls and drop a few players? Well, hope so, mate, because some, something has to change in the club. And, uh, you know, now that finals, you'd have to say, is out of contention for us, um, I think we should start, you know, playing the kids and, and seeing if they're up to the task. Because uh, the only way we're going to find out is if they're made of the right stuff, as if, uh, you know, we throw them into the furnace, basically, and uh, give them a chance at the big time. So uh, let's hope we can, you know, shuffle some, some names around. Because um, I definitely don't want to see another mediocre mediocre effort like we saw this week. 
me over. It would be great to see um, Mozzie debut. Uh, he could add a little bit of excitement for us. And uh, it was great to see him and Waller up there uh, causing the Tigers some havoc. But uh, I've got to say, this how I feel today, oh, I'm very uh, cautious playing the Tigers and I'm um, a bit worried about what the scoreline could possibly be. So uh, let's hope the next week we build some confidence. Uh, we get some good news stories. We need some good news stories. So uh, if the club can sign up one of our uncontracted players, that would be fantastic. Um, you know, uh, I don't know what it is, but Xavier, work on it. Get, get us a good news story because we need it. Um yeah, anything else you want to add before the show wraps up, mate? No, mate. Let's just hope the Bombers can can lift their socks and uh, yeah, at least play out the rest of the year with a bit of gusto because um, yeah, we need something to, to bring us hope for the next year. Definitely. All right, well, thanks for listening and uh, yeah, we'll see you at our next episode where we read out the side to play Richmond. Till then, go Bombers. Go Dons. <laughs>